Hey, welcome to Fans of the Forge. We are at, coming at you with another interview. But first off, I'm Chris. To my right, we have... Teresa. To my left, we have... It's Sean. And calling in via Skype, we have Knife or Death Season 2 Grand Champion, Keith Hill, also a Forge and Fire Champion. How's it going, man? Great. Real good. So we were uh, we were psyched when we heard back from you that you would come on for an interview. We've been getting uh, a number of Knife or Death guys on to do interviews with us as we go through the season, and um, we were we were very interested to see how the Grand Championship was going to turn out because we I think I had talked to pretty much everybody that was going to be on the show uh, leading <laughs> up to it, and we didn't know what was going to happen, and uh, and then you delivered and came out on top. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it was a lot of fun to uh, to really be a part of that, and um, just uh, went, went into it just with an open mind, and I had no idea what really to expect. You know, I, I saw the first season and what they were throwing at the uh, competitors, and I'm like, oh my gosh, that, this is incredible! So, uh, um, had the opportunity to uh, go on the show, and I said, absolutely, I, this this looks like an absolute blast to do. I've never competed in any type of uh, blade sport before other than uh, Forge and Fire, and it was just an absolute blast to do, and I loved every minute of it. Well, that's awesome, and now that we've, we've mentioned Forge and Fire, we'll, we'll start off, we like to go chronologically with our interviews, so we'll start off with your appearance on Forge and Fire, and okay. uh, we got a couple questions here. So you're in yeah. Season 3, Episode 8, The Zephos Sword? Yes. <laughs> How long have you been a, a blacksmith? Uh, at that point, probably about five or six years. Um, I uh, I was a, a, a cop for uh, 20 years and went ahead and uh, retired from that. And um, I was really looking for something to uh, fill my time. And my wife challenged me <laughs> to uh, make a blade because uh, both my wife and I do a lot of historical reenacting from like the 1500s all the way up to around the 1800s. And uh, we got into uh, the pirate reenacting. And with that, uh, you generally need a blade. So um, we were going to go to someone to uh, have a blade made for us. And um, he came back and said, well, it, you uh, shoe horses, right? You know how to work metal, so why don't you make your own? There you go. My wife challenged me to make one, and uh, six hours later, I had one made. <laughs> it's kind of, kind, kind of crude, but uh, it, it, it was made, and um, it just pretty much uh, snowballed from there. Uh, a friend of mine found out that it was that I made a blade, and uh, he wanted a sword for himself. So uh, I made one. Another person heard that I uh, made that and made another one for them and two more, and it just kept on going. And um, made a lot of mistakes <laughs> <laughs> and uh, broke a lot of blades um, and just figuring out what works, what doesn't work. And just it was my, uh, my little education and uh, how to make blades. And um, it, it was, it's just been an incredible journey uh, just to go, go to a blade. Um, and meet all the uh, other competitors, uh, the other people that um, are just really into it, and everybody sharing all kinds of information. It's just, it's an incredible uh, society to be a, a member of. 
Well, we've, we've been welcomed in with open arms, having zero experience and <laughs> just because we started talking about a TV yeah. show. So <laughs> we, we've seen that firsthand. Yeah. It's, um, I, as you can tell, I'm kind of bouncing around a little bit. I have uh, three dogs, and, and they, they want to be a uh, part of it, and they always uh, come over and try to find out what's going on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but um, it, it's uh, it, it's just, man, I'll tell you, I, I can't get enough of uh, making blades. And it's it just every blade that I make, it, it gets me more and more excited. You know, it just uh, it's like playing with a um, hot Play-Doh. <laughs> <laughs> that all I can really, uh, uh, really equivalent to, and just um, the only thing that really limits you is is your imagination. So I, I'm just I'm still having a blast doing it. <laughs> oh, that's awesome! Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, we're hoping to go down that route ourselves. We got some stuff in the works right now. Sean, you want to move on here? So, uh, what were you thinking when you saw that you had to salvage a backhoe bucket for your first round of competition? Well, actually, uh, when I saw that backhoe bucket, it was actually kind of excited because um, prior to being a cop for 20 years, uh, I owned a landscape and tree company. So I did a lot of work with uh, heavy equipment, and I knew pretty much what the uh, backhoe bucket, uh, what the um, mild steel was on there, what the high carbon steel was. Granted, the uh, the tooth would have been the best piece to go after. However... um, we, you only have three hours to really uh, harvest the, the metal, put it together, and get a, a blade together. And with the the tooth being on the outside of the, the little tooth, uh, it, you know, you have to pop that pin out and get the, the tooth off. Um, there's all kinds of contaminants on the inside that you really can't get to unless you cut the whole thing in half and then uh, forge all the back together. And that steel is so, so hard that it really would have been t- taking a huge chance to uh, do that. So I figured I'm going to go for the other side of the bucket. And, and I was thinking the judges are probably laughing at me right now. Why are you going for the side of the bucket? That's like a soft piece of steel. I'm like, well, no, not really. It does have some carbon in it. So it was a calculated risk to um, go after that. But I had a plan. Uh, the second I saw that backhoe bucket, I was really excited. I'm like, I made my plan right then and there that I was going to go for the side of the bucket. If it would, if it worked out, great. If not, well, I I stuck to my plan. <laughs> right. And so from there, you you managed to get into the second round. You you pulled ahead with your design here, and the second round you had to choose a piece of construction materials to have be a visible part of your handle. So you went with the plastic barrier, the white yes. plastic barrier. Was there a reason you chose that? Well, I I was. Uh, thinking what I'm trying to make a, a flat scale out of something and uh, the flat the, the white barrier uh, presented itself I'm like you know what if I cut this off I can use the uh, the side of the leg on the barrier as part of the scale however I really should have flip-flopped I should have put the plastic on the inside and then this, the uh, micarta on the outside rather than vice versa because it <laughs> melted as I was trying to sand it. <laughs> oh. but, but, you know, if you live, you learn. <laughs> Did you have any issues with your Zepho sword build? No, actually not. Um, I, it was kind of boring, really. 
<laughs> I, I just, I, again, I had a plan going into it. Um, you know, being a cop for 20 years, you're always planning ahead. And uh, you always have like three steps of, uh, of ahead of what you are really going after. So I, every single step that I, 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 I really had planned out. And um, just, I, I didn't have a power hammer at the time. I didn't have a press at the time. It was all hand done. So I just very methodically went through, took my time, and uh, forged the, uh, the blade out. And just, I was very happy with the progress I was making with it. So I was very, very confident. Well, it came out great. You know, you came in and the sword performed admirably. And I, I, I had one note as I was going through your episode. When you walk in and they show you walking in on to do the testing that day, it's like, here's this Adonis walking in with the, the kilt and the hair down. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, after uh, being a cop for 20 years, uh, always being very regimental and having the, uh, the haircut, and, you know, like number two in the size, number three on the top, you, know, you, <laughs> you kind of got rebellious and let the hair grow. <laughs> so uh, so that, that's what I did. And uh, we're both, uh, both my wife and I are uh, members of uh, uh, Clan Donachy. And um, we have uh, some an ancestral uh, roots over there. So uh, I, I was uh, wearing my, uh, my clan's uh, kilt. And um, that's, uh, I was just trying to honor my clan as well. And um, so I, I think I did that, but. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. And then you came with that badass sword and dominated and, and did really great with the test. So I think overall you, you represented pretty yeah. well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it was a, a blast to watch, and uh, I, I thought the coolest part was uh, when the uh, the blade went right through the uh, the bag of sand, and um, all the judges were like, "Oh, that was cool!" And oh yeah, I, <laughs> I think that kind of slipped out, and then uh, they were like, "Oh man, we shouldn't have said that." <laughs> <laughs> but, but it was really cool to watch them um, uh, really be human and, and uh, allow that to come out. So it was neat. <laughs> Did you uh, buy a power hammer after you won? Yes. Uh, actually, I say true to what I said uh, when I was on the episode. I said, man, if I win, I'm going to buy one of these things. So, yeah, actually, I, I did buy a, a power hammer and a press. Um, it's a, a kind of a cool story how I came across the power hammer. The power hammer is uh, the mayor. Uh, that, that's the manufacturer of it. But it was built in 1919. And the uh, it was actually part, I did some research on it. It was uh, part of the World War One effort, and then again with World War Two effort, and then uh, sat for a while. Then a, a bladesmith bought it, and it was used for about 35 years making blades. He passed on, and uh, his widow uh, saw an article in the newspaper that I was in, and uh, through the newspaper, she contacted me and said, I have this power hammer for sale and a lot of other equipment, so would you, are you interested? I'm like, are you kidding? Of course I'm interested. <laughs> <laughs> So I uh, went up and looked at it, and uh, we uh, struck a real good deal. And um, She was extremely happy to see that the power hammer was going to another bladesmith, and uh, it was going to keep on making blades. So it was, uh, was kind of cool to uh, see that and also have a piece of history um, that I can actually use. So uh, that, that was really exciting. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, that was a really cool story. So moving on from... Forged in Fire, we go to Knife or Death. And you were on the first episode of the season, which was the Forged in Fire All-Star episode. Yeah. 
And you actually were there with a couple friends of ours, um, Drew Goodson and Peter Burtz. Yeah, yeah, great, great. And I'll tell you, that little kid, man, what a great placement he is. Holy cow. That kid is talented. Woo. Oh, yeah. So Just, when you're going to the show, what was the thought process behind the design of the blade that you made? The uh, process was just trying to think of what would cut and be really, really effective uh, on the type of uh, obstacles that they had. Because the, the course is really not your typical blade, uh, blade sport uh, type of course. So you, know, you can't really use a, a small blade. You can't use a, a gigantic sword um, because you really don't know what you're going to run into and that there's a lot of flex that goes into Know, whatever obstacle you're going to go into. My uh, thought process was just a mesh between a kukri, because a kukri is extremely effective, and a machete. A machete is just, it's used in the jungles for cutting all kinds of stuff. So why not combine the two and get the best of both worlds? Well, it definitely was a badass blade, and in the right hands, um, who knows how to use it, you'd manage to do great things with it. <laughs> it was, uh, I, and also uh, decided to use a, a two-handed handle. Just uh, It allowed me to put a lot more power into the blade, swing a whole lot faster, and have a lot more control, and precision control, like where the edge was, uh, where it was going. So it seemed to do all right. <laughs> <laughs> So on that first episode of Knife or Death, prior to going through Knife Fight, who was the person you expected to see in Dead Run? Man, oh, all of them. They just, it, it, being a cop for 20 years taught me that you cannot rule anybody out because you can have the tiniest little guy be a scrapper and beat the living poo out of you and you can have a gigantic guy that will fall right on his face faster than you can say one two three so um i really didn't know or expect i mean if, uh if i had to say anybody either uh, peter or uh, Devin, uh they had uh just incredible blades uh Devin's blade was oh my god the thing was a gigantic five foot long blade I'm like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> and um, I, I, everybody, everybody on that um, that episode just had killer blades. Um, just everybody just really brought it. And, uh, you know, I was just uh, fortunate enough to, you know, come out of ahead and uh, go on to uh, compete against Dave. And he brought a great blade, too. I believe he was the one that had the manure handle. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> yeah, that was a crappy blade, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you want to ask this next. Yeah, question. that was uh, that was a cool blade. Yeah. <laughs> in the uh, finale episode, uh, were you concerned about any competitor that you faced in Dead Run? No, not really. I mean, um, just I, I didn't really have any concerns. I just really concentrated on myself uh, and what I was going to do, how I was going to attack it, and just really just um, concentrate on being patient, not really trying to charge into it too fast and try to calculate every single swing. And just, uh, again, it just, every single competitor was just very 
very much on. You know, they they brought everything to uh, to do battle. I mean, they were ready. Yeah. <laughs> well, we talked to uh, Zeke Minacho last week, and uh, he had some very nice things to say about you. And yeah, he kind of reflected a similar mindset, where it's kind of you kind of scope out the competition, but you're so focused on getting your own run and it's weird hours and you just are trying to do the best you can, right? Yeah. That, that Zeke, man, that, that guy's incredible. Holy cow. It's just a super, super guy. Just really enjoyed every single minute that I spent with him. Just a, a super, super guy. Man, I'll tell you what a blade he brought. Woo. Oh, <laughs> that, that was a killer blade. Oh, man. I just, I think that was just an awesome blade. Yeah, definitely. And especially when he went to the boxes, two two swings and he threw a box. Yeah. Holy, <laughs> man, man, just it, just an incredible performer. And I was just, you know, I'm fortunate enough to just be just a, a few, a few steps ahead in that. That that was it. I mean, we were neck and neck. So out of all of your runs through your first episode and, and the finale episode, what of what obstacle would you consider to be the most difficult? Probably that freaking ball. <laughs> Balls coming down. Oh my gosh. Talk about frustrating. You know, you just these tiny little like foam balls rolling down the hill. You're like, I'm gonna kill it, and they, you, you can't hit these little foam balls. I was <laughs> <laughs> like, what's wrong with me? You know, <laughs> it, so it, it was probably the easiest out of all of the obstacles to really get through, but um, to really nail those walls. Oh my gosh, just a killer. <laughs> you know, it, it, it's just it, it, everything else was really really difficult the uh the first obstacle going through the carousel oh my gosh the thing came around smacked me in the head a couple of times i'm what the heck yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah all these uh different uh, pvc pipes uh, salami fish and i'm like oh my gosh so, <laughs> <laughs> so i i had to uh, finally settle down and uh See, these are just obstacles. They're not shooting back at you. You're okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> so well, I, I think that um, I think that uh, ball buster, man, it was a ball buster. <laughs> <laughs> Which one was your favorite obstacle? Man, my favorite, um, probably uh, going through the the wood, uh, getting the wood to uh, fall right between oh, the two obstacles. Timber. Yeah, timber. Uh, because. I, Owning a landscaping tree company, I did a lot of tree work, and um, so I, I understood the uh, the physics, you know, like where you get a notch to the front of it and then cut the back of it and allow it to come down. And like, oh man, I, I can't wait to do this. <laughs> so yeah, I think that was probably my favorite. Have you thought about taking part in any of the uh, blade sports uh, competitions? Yeah, I, I'm really excited about it now. And uh, yeah, I, I definitely want to pursue it and go after it, and um, and make a, a probably a smaller blade for you know maybe a, a scaled down version of the uh, of uh, a monster. Yeah. Oh my! <laughs> wow. See, that that really changes how I thought about that because it looked way bigger there than it did on the show. That's that's incredible. 
Oh yeah, it's it's. Uh, I'll start from the tip. It's big enough that it hides me. But yeah, it's. Uh, I, I would uh, probably make a scale down version of that. Um, to, it's just I, I'm very comfortable with it. It, it performs really well. It cuts through. Um, just the uh, geometry on it seemed to work for me. So, yeah, I, I, de- I definitely would love to get into that. That would be a lot of fun. Did you do any physical training when you knew you were going to be going to the show? Well, uh, I do a lot of uh, mountain biking. Uh, not that there's a lot of mountains in Florida, but <laughs> if we do, uh, it, it's called cross country down here. And uh, so I've been doing that for quite a while, and I was a state champion for uh, three years in a row, and just uh, so I was in pretty good shape from from that, and also working uh, construction during the week. So you know, same uh, pretty good physical shape. So I I really didn't have a whole lot of time between the time that they said you were going to be on the show to being on the show. Uh, it was about three days that I had to uh, make the blade and get it shipped up and. Uh, get it up there so it, it was a very short turnaround time <laughs> yeah. well you know get it going that, that's why it wasn't a really pretty blade it was uh, more of like okay it's it's going to be functioning that's about it <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah it um not not a whole lot uh just i just relayed or relied upon my uh my training from from 20 years so it, um, I kind of fall back on that, and you just fall back on what you know and what you know best. What are you going to do with the twenty thousand dollars? <laughs> well, my wife is still telling me what to do, but <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, we're, we're probably going to uh, um, get a hot tub and uh, <laughs> get a bigger boat. And <laughs> a hot tub in Florida. Oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> it still gets cool down here in Florida in the winter. I mean, it drops down to 50, I know. Oh, man. <laughs> I mean, we have about three days of winter down here, and that's about it. And then it, it warms back up to about 70. You know, you got to understand, down here in Florida, for us, anything below 70 is zero for us. <laughs> okay. That makes so much so, sense. You know, we... 70 it's like oh my gosh break the jackets out i'm dying here (laughs) (laughs) but um yeah it's um i I think we're just gonna have a lot of fun you know just uh enjoying life and kind of uh, enjoying it and my wife is so telling me what to do with the money (laughs) (laughs) well that's all we got for questions, man. Like, um, you did great on the show. We were big fans of yours after seeing your first run through. And, um, yeah, thank you for coming on with us. Um, where can Absolutely. people get a hold of you if they wanted to say, you know, check, see if you can make them a blade or something? Well, uh, a couple of ways. Uh, Instagram is uh, BD McGee, and that's my little pirate name. Yeah. <laughs> and um, also on Facebook, uh, I'm on Keith Hill. Also on uh, BD Blades uh, on Facebook. Okay. And um, as you can see back here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, or uh, you can give us a call, you know, whichever, you know. And uh, I, I certainly love to um, make blades and, you know, make all kinds of stuff. And, you know, like a, a flay blades and hook and all kinds of uh, Oh, yeah. Nice. And then also rapier blades and 
Oh, wow, yeah. that's cool. Yeah. So, you know, it's just uh, all kinds of stuff and daggers. <laughs> nice. But, um, you know, it's just a, a lot of neat stuff. And um, we do a lot of stuff with the reenactors. And so I, I just love having fun. Wow. So yeah, and and thank you guys for doing what you're doing. Uh, you are making a huge, huge hit on on the blade world, and just uh, really encouraging a lot of people to uh, go go after what they're dreaming of. So thank you guys for doing this. Thank oh, you. It's our <laughs> pleasure. It is. It is our pleasure. Thank you very much for joining us, everybody. Make sure you go follow him, uh, Facebook and Instagram. All that information will be in the description of this video or in the podcast if you're listening to the audio, and. Uh, We'll leave it at that. Thanks again. Thanks. Cool. Thank you. See you. Bye.